TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Dr. Akil Palanasamy. Dr. Akil is an MD, is a Harvard-trained physician who practices integrative medicine, incorporating the best of conventional medicine and alternative therapies. This holistic doctor is an avid practitioner of yoga and meditation. He loves spending time with family and helping his four-year-old daughter pet the neighborhood dogs and ride her bicycle. That's so cute. He also enjoys <laughs> reading, salsa dancing, and making home-cooked meals together with his daughter. So, welcome to the show, Akil. Oh, thanks for having me on, Dr. Brett. Oh, I love that. I love that as an introduction. As I read your bio, that, that stuff just stood out because uh, we, we talk a lot about family on this show and I love family. I've got two little kids who are five and seven, so I totally relate to that. And uh, oh, it's great. just a beautiful way to introduce someone. You know, salsa dancing is something I have, uh, I've often thought of trying and doing but haven't quite uh, done yet. Um, uh-huh. But I thought that was just a beautiful introduction to, uh, to a very special person. So, Dr. Akil, you've got a great story. Obviously, you know, we're going to add some different, um, different bents to our paleo lifestyle today and learn how mm-hmm. you know, perhaps that can integrate with some different uh, you know, Eastern medicine and practices. Um, so I'm really excited about that. But before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty and the details of it, I'd, I'd love you to tell us your story, Dr. Akil, how you became to be you know, combining the Eastern, West, Eastern and Western medicine. Oh, sure. Uh, absolutely. Well, I came to it actually through my own illness experience. And that was uh, when I was in medical school, I actually uh, became really sick and developed uh, severe chronic pain and uh, repetitive strain injury. And uh, actually to the point where I had to cut short my medical education and take a year off from school because uh, you know I couldn't do my assignments and um, you know couldn't write or use a computer and uh, basically I had changed my diet a few years earlier and given up meat and became a vegetarian and for about three years um, I was on a strict you know vegetarian diet and um, I never I didn't really make the connection at that time but I think that was a big factor in a lot of the health problems that developed and over a, a journey of the, you know many months I saw many different doctors and providers and it was actually an ayurvedic uh, practitioner and you know ayurveda is a traditional medicine from india who first talked to me about um, you know eating meat and having more of a, a paleo diet surprisingly and the very first thing she recommended for me was bone broth and this was about um, you know 20 um, 20 years ago before bone broth was really popular and um, you know before you could get it in, in stores and cafes and um, at that time actually Actually, Ayurveda also really is a, is big on bone broths as a way to you know heal the gut and begin to uh, calm inflammation, and so the very first thing that really helped me was bone broth. You know, after so many years of seeing different practitioners and not really feeling better, and and then after that, as I started to look into nutrition more, I, I realized that uh, I, I had a lot to learn. You know, because in medical school we really don't cover nutrition at all, and um, so. Through starting to make the dietary changes, you know, adding meat back into my my life, and and then getting into Ayurveda, you know, a lot more, and uh, really seeing how you know that using spices and herbs made a big difference. Uh, that was really the the journey that led me back to health, and uh, you know, 
fully feeling optimal again. And then I was able to, you know, return to medical school and complete my training. And, and eventually I ended up studying Ayurveda as a result of that. And then um, studied integrative medicine with Dr. Andrew Weil at the University in Arizona. And then um, I just really came to appreciate the power of combining an Ayurvedic perspective with the paleo diet and, and really seeing it in myself first and then eventually with the patients I was seeing every day. That's so interesting, Akhil. Um, you know, already I'm realizing my ignorance of Ayurveda and, and, and that I don't know anywhere near as much as I should. So I'm looking forward to this interview and learning more because, you know, when you talk about uh, Ayurveda, you know, my first thought is I think of it that as perhaps being more of a, a vegetarian, perhaps even a vegan diet. Um, I would I would not have thought of Ayurveda as something that was big on pushing bone broth and talking about gut health and and I find it mm-hmm. fascinating and it just makes so much sense you know so often the wisdom of those traditional therapies that you know perhaps sometimes get pushed aside along the way often come back and get found to be true and, and you know there's a reason people have been doing these things for such a long period of time because you know there, mm-hmm. there's an inherent truth there so I just find that fascinating I, I'd love you to talk some more um, about Ayurveda I mean there would be many people like myself um, who aren't all that aware of what Ayurveda is and how Ayurveda mm-hmm. works. And so, so, can you give us a bit of a you know a brief introduction to Ayurveda? Oh, sure. Yeah. So Ayurveda is a five thousand year old system of uh, medicine from India. And you're right in that a lot of people associate Ayurveda with vegetarian diet, and it's true there are a lot of vegetarians uh, in you know South Asia. But the key thing is it's only recommended for people of certain body types. Mm-hmm. So the key thing about Ayurveda is customizing the diet because it believes that every person is born with a unique constitution or body type, and um, only a, a small subset of those body types are recommended to follow a vegetarian or vegan diet. In fact, and uh, So I think that's really the strength of Ayurveda is helping to customize the diet for people. And that's really where I saw people um, in my practice going wrong with paleo is not customizing it and not, you know, realizing they needed to individualize the diet for themselves. And so the, the basic idea with Ayurveda is the concept of doshas or physiological principles, which are forces within the body that are controlling every function in the body, essentially. And there's three main doshas, which are vata, pitta, and kapha. And these can be roughly translated as uh, wind, fire, and earth. And so it's, a, it's an ancient system that believes in the balance between these three forces, you know, uh, contributing to health and imbalance leading to disease. And basically, every person has a different proportion of these doshas. Um, and then based on that, you know, a different diet is recommended, a different lifestyle, um, you know, different guidelines for everything from how much raw food to eat to, you know, how much meat to eat or and whether or not to eat meat and, um, you know, right down to specific uh, vegetables and fruits. So the strength of Ayurveda is really recognizing that every person is unique, but then going a step further and providing very practical guidance on how to customize the diet for, you know, each body type. So as far as the body types, you know, is that something that, you know, I've seen stuff online where you can go on and do quizzes and try and figure out which body type you are, you know, is that, right. is that something you can figure out for yourself or is that something that you really need to go in and see an Ayurvedic practitioner to help discover exactly which of those body types is going to work for you? 
Um, yeah, I think you can get a, a reasonable idea um, if you're you know, a pretty healthy person with um, some of the questionnaires. Um, so I have a um, you know, free quiz on my website and, and in my book. Um, I think the quizzes online you know, are of varying quality. So I, that's why I, I made the one you know, in my, um, my, my website, which I, I think is pretty um, reasonable and accurate. And uh, I think if you obviously have, you know, serious medical problems and you want to use Ayurveda, then, you know, you definitely should see a practitioner. But if you're just a healthy person and wanting to get a sense of your body type, you actually can get a fairly decent idea with, uh, you know, a 20-point questionnaire that covers all of your different preferences and patterns and tendencies. All right. So, just to get a bit of an idea of that, and because I'm inherently curious about this, Dr. Akil, can can you ask me a few questions and we can see if we can figure out which one that I am? Because I think that might help people oh. understand it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so one of the, the key things um, relates to uh, body temperature. So, one question would be, um, yeah. you know, whether you tend to feel hot or cold typically and what, what your body temperature tends to run. Yeah, I would say I'm definitely warm. People always tell me I'm warm. Warm. Okay. Um, and are you somebody who tends to sweat easily? Well, I was at CrossFit this morning and I was definitely sweating quite a lot. I, I don't think I sweat like I'm, – I'm, I reckon I'm probably quite average, I reckon. Average, okay. And then in terms of um, body frame and, and weight, would you be more moderate and, and not, I'm not underweight or necessarily overweight? I probably have a, I probably tend towards more lean. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm doing CrossFit at the moment, so I'm, I'm getting a little bit more muscly. But, but, but my natural state, I think, like as a kid growing up and, and as a young adult was definitely – Tall and lean, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, great. Um, and then in terms of digestion, would you have a tendency, um, you know, if you if you get out of balance, do you tend more towards constipation or more towards loose stools and diarrhea? I would say loose stools. There loose you go. Stools, okay. Too much information okay. on that, Paleo Show. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah, well, that's, it's important. We always ask about that. Um, so, um, and then in terms of your... Uh, so there's also, you know, emotional and um, um, like mental aspects. So um, are you somebody who, um, you know, really um, like loves traveling and is um, kind of quick thinking, that sort of thing? Or would you say you're more like very goal-oriented, um, very logical, you know, assertive? Um, these are generalizations, of course. Yeah, yeah. But- I'm probably more the the quick thinking all over the place rather than the logical and well-planned, I would say. Oh, Okay. okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so so far, the answers that you're giving fall uh, mostly into the pitta category, which is the fire uh, element, and then there's none that have been in kapha uh, at all, which hmm. is the earth element, but, and then a couple have been in vata, but so I would, if I had to guess, I would say, you know, pitta is probably the dominant body type, which is fire, and then vata, I'm guessing, is secondary, and everybody has a combination of both, um, so... That's In so that interesting. Sense. That's so interesting. Because if you asked me which of wind, fire, and earth I thought I might be, I probably would have said earth. So there you go. I'm glad I asked, oh. Dr. Akil. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go and read up on fire and, and see what it is and what I need to do. So it's fascinating. So so once you've got sort of this, this dosha, you know what type you are, then obviously, yeah. as you say, that affects more than just your diet. It affects, you know, tell us about how it affects, you know, mindset and exercise and all those things as well. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, with vata um, body types that are primarily have a lot of wind, so Ayurveda is a qualitative system, so it really focuses on the qualities. So with wind, you can think that, you know, uh, the person that has a lot of vata has the qualities of wind, so light, cold, and dry. 
And so for that person, actually, um, it's recommended to, you know, have um, foods that are the opposite, like warm, heavy, and moist. And then also in terms of body temperature to um, kind of stay warm all the time, uh, you know, dress warmly and, uh, and avoid getting, um, you know, exposure to cold. Um, and then also the routine is, is very important because, um, you know, wind is very irregular and erratic. So keeping a very regular routine, um, having, you know, plenty of sleep. And then with exercise, they're recommended to have more of low impact exercise. So, for example, not necessarily CrossFit. <laughs> because um, vata person typically is, um, you know, they're um, like more more lean and um, a little bit more prone to injury. So it's recommended to have more low impact activities, a lot of um, you know sooth- calming activities like meditation, um, those kind of things. And in contrast, somebody with um, a lot of pitta, um, you know, is recommended to do more um, high intensity exercise. And uh, pitta person in general, you know, tends to be more competitive. So they're recommended to play. Um, I'm not sure if that applies in your case. Uh, it's, it's hilarious, Akil, because anyone who listens to this show knows that that is 1,000% true. So that's, oh, okay. uh, that's okay. spot on. Yeah. yeah. We, so we, we just had case, a wellness summit on the weekend, Akil. We had a big seminar in Melbourne. We had 950 people there. And, and one of the things we had to do was go up on stage and do chin-ups and exercises. And uh, okay. so everyone there would have seen, uh, unfortunately, uh, Lawrence, my co-host on my other podcast show, showed me up a little bit. So I'm already back in the gym making sure that that doesn't happen <laughs> next year. So definitely oh, competitive. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, so a pitta person is encouraged to um, have participate in team sports, you know, where they're working with other people and channeling that energy in a in a positive way. Um, and uh, and then to um, in contrast to a vata person, they're recommended to stay cool and avoid, you know, too much heat. So avoid hmm. overheating, um, kind of um, uh, remain, you know, uh, keep their body cooler, um, and then have um, uh, all body types are recommended to have um, like a regular type of massage, you know, with uh, mm. um, with oil. And there's different oils for each of the doshas that are either cooling or heating, depending on what a person needs. So a vata person needs a heating oil because they tend to have a lot more you know, so, cold. And, so heating yeah. oil, like maybe like eucalyptus or something like that? Like this Actually, gonna... sesame oil is the, the most heating can okay. compare from the Ayurvedic perspective. Okay. And uh, for a pitta person, you want the most cooling oil, which is actually coconut oil. So that's oh. what's recommended for a pitta person, that's both perfect. you know internally and uh, externally. That makes a lot of sense. Making a lot of sense so far, Akil. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And so then the kapha person, what, what should they be doing? Yeah. So the kapha person, you, you know, with earth, um, they have the qualities of earth. So, you know, tend to be more um, heavy, very, you know, very stable. Um, that's the dosha of structure. So for them, they're recommended to um, to really try to vary their routine, to really try to shake things up, you know, do very stimulating activities, um, have generally very light food. So a lot of raw food is recommended, whereas a vata person with wind should actually avoid or minimize raw food. But a kapha person, you know, can incorporate a lot more lighter food. Um, and then, you know, also, um, there are people who generally need less sleep and, you know, they feel sluggish if they get too much sleep. So for them, it's recommended to really um, vary the routine, not get too much sleep, stimulate themselves, you know, seek out new experiences, have high intensity exercise. Um, so quite the opposite of what, you know, vata person is, is recommended to do. 
Fascinating. I find that fascinating, Akil, because yeah, your your list you came up with for the pitta person just sounds like me. It may it makes so much. It sounds spot on, which I'm sure you're not surprised to hear. You probably hear that Can all the time. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, sorry, Akil. I was I was talking away and re- not realizing I was on mute. Then um, that, oh, does, okay. that doesn't particularly help. Um, Akil, I find it fascinating because. Um, the the list you've come up with there for a pizza person just just matches perfectly. It uh, it makes so much sense. Um, and so yeah, I, I just I'm sure you're not surprised to hear that, <laughs> but you probably hear that all the time. But uh, but that's amazing. I think that's very very cool. So in terms of the paleo diet, then Akil, uh, you know, just to try and get a bit of an idea of you know what sort of foods you might be incorporating for each one. If you're a vata wind person, you know, you said warming foods. Is that like broths and soups and stews and that sort of thing? Is that what we're going? Yes. With that? Yeah, exactly. So the um, so for the vata person, they're encouraged not to have too much uh, raw foods or salads. And if they do have salads, to balance them with warming spices like ginger and with more oils, you know, like um, uh, salad dressing that's very thick and oily and uh, um, and and definitely having a lot of soups and stews and more hearty um, meals, as well as uh, never having cold temperature food, but always having hot foods. Mm. Um, and then ghee, you know, or the clarified butter is actually the 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 fat that is the most um, healing for vata. So mm. much more so than you know coconut oil or any or other um, fats. So <laughs> for a vata person, ghee is the the primary fat that they should use in cooking and uh, um, you know in in their daily diet. Um, so that's for a vata person, which is most important. Yep. And then for a pitta person, um, so they're somebody who actually would do well with raw food. So they're encouraged to have you know, more of um, the raw foods which have a cooling quality. So that helps to, um, you know, cool down the fire that they that they tend to have. And um, for them, they're actually recommended to have more um, poultry and seafood rather than red meat because uh, red meat is considered more warming and, you know, poultry and seafood are cooling. And um, uh, a pitta person is encouraged to... Um, you know, avoid things like um, uh, excessive uh, alcohol, um, excessive spicy food, although they're usually the people who love spicy food um, the most. Um, but there are certain spices that are cooling that are encouraged, you know, for, um, for a pitta person. Um, and, um, and there's someone who also, uh, it's very important that they stay hydrated because they, their need for water tends to be the highest of, of all the body types. Um, so that's something as well that's uh, that's important. And then for the kapha person, we, you know, who has more earth, they're recommended to actually uh, incorporate a lot of spice because they need the the warming, the stimulation uh, of spice. And they're the the body type that's the best suited to intermittent fasting. So that's um, actually the most beneficial for kapha body types. They they need that uh, boost that fasting provides for their metabolism and you know all the other benefits, um, and they're recommended to incorporate more of the um, bitter and astringent um, foods, which are um, you know things like um, berries are great, and then um, for, there's a whole list of these vegetables. But for example, artichokes are you know are astringent. And uh, most sp- sprouts uh, and you know different types of sprouted foods are uh, are astringent. Um, so, the for the kapha person, they are typically in Ayurveda recommended to avoid dairy because they tend to you know the dairy t- does have a very heavy quality and uh, can be mucus producing you know for them. 
Um, so those are some of the, and it has to be tailored depending on you know how how much of each dosha they have. But those are some of like the very general guidelines. Oh, that's fascinating. It's so fascinating. So um, interesting. You say, uh, yeah, Peter, no or low or no alcohol. I find that really interesting. Um, that's you know certainly for me. Something that I've uh, I've found works well for me. You know, I, I, uh-huh. I, went, I went without alcohol for eight years, and oh, uh, and now yeah. drink you know very sparingly. And uh, so so much of it makes sense. But that made me think of uh, you know alcohol made me think of caffeine as well. So um, yes, how do how do the different doshas react to caffeine? Um, yeah, so I think typically the vata dosha is the most sensitive. Um, so they're encouraged to uh, avoid it if possible or, or minimize it. And um, and kapha people generally actually benefit from caffeine. So they're encouraged to have it because yeah. you know it's it's stimulating. They're the people who can have a you know two cups of um, coffee at bedtime and sleep like a baby. You know the, there's they're not affected at all. And pitta people are in between. You know some are are actually quite sensitive to it and and others um, can tolerate like a moderate amount. Mm. So they're sort of in between. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's because I feel like I don't deal with caffeine very well. Like it just doesn't tend to sit with me. So I was, I was interested to okay. hear. Okay. So being the- yeah. I think, you know, because your answers, you have some vata, which I think is secondary. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the effect of the vata that, you know, uh, for definitely for vata people, caffeine is a no-no because yeah, they're yeah. sensitive to it. So I think you're probably pitta primary and vata secondary. Um, and I thought maybe I could pre- just present a couple of my patients who I've used this paleo-Vedic approach to be, would illustrate. That would be perfect. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about um, vata and um I had a, a woman who was in her um, late 30s, and she was sort of like a classic case of um, too much vata. You know, her symptoms were um, chronic constipation, fatigue, uh, anxiety, and a dry skin. And those, all four of those, are actually classic vata disorders. And um, so she had actually been paleo for about a year, but she was somebody who was. Um, um, having you know a lot of these big salads every day and um, cold cuts and, and um, you know locks and you know cold foods, and she had been um, because of the constipation she had been told to drink lots of water every day and so she was drinking large amounts of iced water you know like very cold uh, water, and despite being paleo for a year you know she had been you know not avoid not eating any grains and very strictly. Um, paleo, she was just feeling like worse and worse. And um, so when I saw her, I realized after examining her and getting her history that she had a very high uh, vata. And in fact, the daily salads and the cold foods were uh, making it worse. Uh, plus, the, the the iced water is in fact uh, a no-no for, for vata. They're recommended mm. to have warm or, or normal room temperature uh, water. So I, I basically just had her eliminate the raw foods and cut out salads and switch to the, you know, stews and soups and, you know, warming foods and to cut out the iced water and just have um, warm temperature water and incorporate um, some warming spices in her cooking like turmeric and ginger and cumin. And then I told her to um, use ghee uh, in her cooking as well because uh, I think she was using sunflower oil. And uh, just those changes in her diet in um, cup, in about you know two uh, months, she reported that the constipation had resolved. Hmm. So this was somebody who you know has cut out salads and, and actually <laughs> that improved their her digestion. So it's kind of counterintuitive, 
but it's basically because the salads are very drying and cooling, and that's the exact opposite of what a vata person needs. So when she added the ghee and the oil and had the warm foods, her digestion was a lot better. And then um, after some time, you know, she reported her anxiety improved and, um, you know, the the fatigue was was better as well. So she just had to make that little change in her, you know, her paleo diet and mm. th- that made a big difference. Oh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Hey, um, that that makes me want to ask you a question about the evolution of these um of these doshas. You know, mm-hmm. uh, are they are certain doshas more prominent in certain parts of the world? Like, like it makes it would make sense to me that maybe in hot climates, then maybe people would be more likely to be vadas because they would be more suited to being in the warmer climate. And, and maybe the opposite for the fire might be more suited to you know might be more likely to evolve that way in a colder climate. Is, is mm-hmm. that the case, or am I just making stuff up? Yeah, I think there definitely is a, um, an evolutionary uh, effect, um, you know, and uh, I think it's, uh, um, however, that there still are um, nuances to that. Um, so that, for example, you know, in um, India, which is like a very hot climate, yeah. uh, you, you still have plenty of people who are, you know, pitta, um, who, are, who are very hot, and, and you still have the, the three doshas, but I think it's influenced by the climate and, and the geographic location. Um, I think regardless of where you are in the world, uh, the populations will still have the variations of the doshas. Mm. Uh, it'll just be kind of um, tailored or adjusted depending on upon where they are, but I think it wouldn't eliminate the variety of the, the body types, which, is, which I think will always be there. Yeah, that makes sense. So, if someone comes in to see you in practice, um, what does that look like? Like, wh- where do you start? How do you start helping someone? And, and what are the sort of, you know, what are the first steps that they need to take? Um, well, the uh, I think I always start with the gut in terms of um, uh, digestive health. And in Ayurveda, that's the foundation of health is really a healthy gut. And it's very much consistent with uh, functional medicine, which is something I, I use a lot with, you know, testing the microbiome and uh, looking at their food allergies and um, all the things that affect digestion. So I think Ayurveda really pairs well with functional medicine. And I bring I use those together to um, to identify and, and treat whatever imbalances are in the gut. And typically, most of my patients, you know, do have some kind of degree of leaky gut syndrome. And so um, I always start there with uh, with leaky gut. And then the other big area I focus on that Ayurveda is, is huge on is detox. Um, and uh, these days, you know, there's so much um, environmental pollution out there. And um, I think all of our livers are a little bit um, challenged by the, the exposures that they have to deal with. And so typically, I, you know, do some testing for toxins and then prescribe a customized uh, detoxification protocol. Um, and so we always start there trying to reduce the body burden of toxins um, and then healing the gut and then going on to the, the next phase of healing, you know, whatever that might be. So what sort of detox are we talking about, Akil? Does, does that differ for each of them as well? Or is it a sort of one, you know, is it a raw vegetables or, you know, what, what's involved yep. in that detox? Um, yeah, so I um, I have a um, the approach. I it's called the Paleo-Vedic detox. You know, that's mm-hmm. basically what I uh, call it. And the, it's um, 21 days. And the reason um, why is that you know there with the three doshas in Ayurveda, there's um, there's also seven tissue layers. So um, seven tissues in the body and three doshas. So 
when you intentionally do um, a detox of 21 days, it's considered that um, every week you're going through one tissue level of each of the doshas. So in 21 days, you clean you know, all 21 tissue layers in all the three doshas. Um, and it, it always starts with an elimination diet. So uh, eliminating foods that are potentially hard to digest and you know, so in some cases uh, um, sensitive. So that's always tailored to each person depending on their food allergies or food sensitivities. But generally everybody I have you know, give up gluten during that, mm-hmm. uh, during that time. And then you know, possibly dairy uh, as well um, and soy, um, eggs, you know, some of the common um, allergens. And then um, really to have um, um, a lot of um, healthy healing foods like bone broth, um, fermented foods. Um, I, I recommend always avoiding, you know, of course, flour and uh, vegetable seed oils, uh, refined sugar and trans fats. Um, and then really, and following kind of a customized, you know, paleo diet mm. to that they can um, stick to during that time, and uh, that's really the foundation of the detoxes, changing up the changing up the diet. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds good. So it sounds like for many people, I think probably listening to this show, that that might not be that different from what they're doing already. You know, it might just be a few mm-hmm. little tweaks depending on their constitution to, um, you know, to to be able to do that detox without. By the sound of it, without too many changes, you know, do you find that exactly? Do you find that maybe if someone's been doing paleo for a period of time already, that that maybe that detox uh, isn't as necessary, or is it still always something that that's really important to start with? Um, yeah, it depends what the um, symptoms are, what the condition is that they're you know coming to be treated for. I, I think that everybody would benefit from some type of detox at least you know a couple times a year and um, the diet is the the first part and then I usually recommend some herbs uh, you know either herbs or supplements that will um, support their liver function and their detox pathway so that's really essential you know because the diet is uh, is the first part but it's not probably the most important part it's the precondition but i think the you know the herbs and supplements really um do the bulk of the work in terms of clearing toxins and support and strengthening the liver during that time yeah nice that, that sounds great well th- this has been so interesting today akil so much great information i'm sure there's been lots of people fascinated and wanting to learn out learn more about this paleo vedic diet um you obviously have a book now called the paleo vedic diet which has no doubt all of this information and more in there and step-by-step and step of how to do the detoxes and, and all of those different steps healing your gut along the way. Um, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit more about the book? We're, we're not, almost out of time, but yep. tell us a bit about the book sure. and, and what people can find. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it has um, guidelines about how you can um, determine your Ayurvedic body type and then tailor the dietary recommendations you know to the the unique body type and then um the whole approach behind the paleovedic diet is um you know maximizing nutrient density so i focus a lot on um uh, micronutrients uh, phytochemicals um, a whole chapter on which fruits and vegetables you know have the most um, uh, phytochemicals and how to maximize nutrients uh, that way and then also a whole chapter on spices because that's a huge part of ayurveda and spices are among the most nutrient dense foods on the planet, you know, second only to organ meats, according to most uh, research. So a whole chapter on like about 15 most important healing spices to use. And then there's about 53 recipes incorporating the spices and talking about, you know, which um, foods are which are good for which doshas and, and body type. 
Um, so it's it's um, it has a lot of information and it, and also it has the practical guidelines about how to implement it and the recipes as well. Perfect. Well, it sounds like a great book. Lots of great information in there. Um, if people want to find out more information about you as well, they can also go to your website, which is drakil.com. That's that's D-O-C-T-O-R-A-K-I-L.com. Um, they can find you on Facebook under Dr. Akil, um, on Twitter, Dr. Akil, all one word. Um, your website also has all of your upcoming events. I know you said that there's plenty coming up later on in the year, which is really exciting, so people keep an eye on that. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show today, Akil. This has been absolutely fascinating. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Oh, this was a blast. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Brett. Perfect. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.